Hi, hello, we are back. Preparations for the third season of the Norwegian Newcomers podcast are finally in full swing. Some kind of announcement for our next season is today's special episode with the working title Reality Check. This is a special episode of the Norwegian Newcomers podcast because we live in a time of new war in Eastern Europe. For more than a month now, Ukraine has been under attack from Russia. Due to that terrible fact, I needed to contact someone from Ukraine who can directly describe the current situation. Therefore, our guest today is Elena, who lives in Kiev. Elena, thank you very much for being with us today. First, I will ask you to introduce yourself and tell us what the current situation is in your country and city. Yes, welcome everybody. My name is Lena. I'm from Ukraine. I live in Kyiv and I stayed in Kyiv. Um, and even that I have an opportunity to go somewhere, I've decided to stay here this time. Uh, like, uh, I'm just a little upset because all world think that war started just months ago. It's not true. Originally, I'm from Donetsk. Donetsk is the west, uh, is the east of Ukraine. Well, I think you heard that in 2014, war started over there the first, yes, when Russia occupied uh, uh, Crimea and they tried to occupy um, Donetsk, the Donbass region. Yes, very rich, very beautiful. That was real European city. And unfortunately, well, now it's not the same. So uh, eight years ago, I left, uh, I moved to Kiev. I left my uh, mother city because of uh, because I didn't like what's going on over there, of course, because like uh, Russian propaganda says that uh, uh, we're going to save our people, Russian speaker people, they have some threats from people of Ukraine or some nazis, what they like to say, but I'm Russian speaker. I was born in Donetsk. Donetsk is Russian speaker region. We have no any problem with this. Yes, of course, like every country, we have some people who look like, you know, they too much aggressive can be but but it's one two three okay it's 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 not the big it's not a big deal it's not a point it's not a problem like they try to show so i left my city my parents stayed there but um i also have sister my sister lives uh, with her husband uh, my brother-in-law in Dnieper. also it's like ukrainian controlled territory so uh i moved here after so many so long time i i, I have i have been living here and this time when everything started a month ago i woke up in the morning i didn't know that what's happened actually i overslept you know i just saw a lot of messages and calls uh, on my phone and people like told me lena lena there's explosions in kiev everywhere in ukraine but i i didn't heard it <laughs> i didn't hear that i i was sleeping at this moment i don't know maybe i was so much frustrated uh, but for me especially for me war uh, has been going for eight years how old are you i'm 34 i'm 34. 34. so when everything started i was 26 i was young i was really successful i worked for some um government organization and actually uh, um, my boss prepared me to be a big manager of the center where i worked in donetsk uh but but of course i left because i couldn't stay there 
I moved to Kiev, I live here. So this time, of course, I was in shock. Of course, I didn't expect that active phase would come. But still, what I've noticed is that, for example, for me, that was easier to get it, uh, to take it, you know, to take this problem. How did you feel a month ago or a few months ago? What was the situation like then? Were you aware that the war would actually begin? Were you aware of that? No, I didn't. No, I didn't believe. I didn't believe uh, because, like, uh, l let me repeat, I had been living in this work condition for eight years. So for me, where I didn't expect this massive attack, you know, on the whole Ukrainian territory. Of course, I didn't expect. So I didn't can expect. we say that and I not, wasn't nobody expected? Some people expect it, of course. And uh, I wasn't worried about, like people ask me, Lena, what will happen? What do we have to do? People say, TV say, politics say, president say. Like, I, I thought, I thought, I got it. The second time I, I will not, yeah. I will not have a Been second there, done time. that, yeah. So when everything started in February 24, I was sick, I was laying on bed, but I knew that I have to work. So, and I couldn't buy any pharma because uh, pharma stores, uh, uh, drug stores didn't work few weeks, <laughs> the first week, you know. We all have different ideas about the appearance or functioning of the state in an emergency situation, in a war situation. I wanted to hear from Elena what the city of Kiev looks like and functions today, as well as what her day looks like in such circumstances. But Elena, can you can you try to uh, describe us your your day in the previous month? How your days are, or what you are doing from the moment you you get up? Well, actually, I'm a broadcaster. I work in some streaming platforms. Uh, I get donations, so I can say that some something changed for me yes because i work from home this is this chair is my office uh, is my workplace yes like my office yes i sit here i do broadcast people come and uh, it's only entertaining but before i could sing i could do some show because i'm a crown designer also actually i'm preparing some ukrainian crown so let me show you this flower crown uh yeah. i'm preparing it for for victory day you know <laughs> Uh, but uh, now I, I just can talk with my uh, viewers. Yes, I can do any show. Of course, all my friends or my co-workers uh, um, who did a lot of uh, funny shows before, they or left or they have no opportunity to do it at night because usually we did it in the evening. Now I, I wake up. I wake up. I, I'm checking news that everything is okay. I see that my relatives are okay. Uh, my family, yes, that my family is okay. After, if I need, I go shopping because uh, like shopping, it's not like before. Before I could come to the next supermarket and got everything what I need. Now, no, unfortunately, now I have to check a lot of uh, grocery stores to find everything what I need. Yes, so uh, it, it, it takes time. It takes time. And uh, the biggest problem for me, well, and I'm happy that this is the only one problem now because other people have bigger for sure. Uh, I liked to walk at evening with music around my district because I live in a really nice place here okay. in mm -hmm. Kiev. And uh, this is big, big, big buildings around. Well, it's, I love it. <laughs> it's like jungles. It's a, like stone jungles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's yeah, what I need. Your, your <laughs> neighbor, neighbor, home neighborhood. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, yes, and I like to walk around the district, but and I can't do it at night because of curfew because it's it's not safe. It's not safe to do that. I work all. I can't look news all the time, so I can work. I do work. I don't take any help like uh, with other people. For example, some uh, grandmothers, fathers, like old people need. Yeah, so I do not take. I work. I I try to earn money, even that it's really complicated right now because you have no mood to do entertaining. Now, uh, like uh, also people like always ask, what about Ukraine? What about Ukraine? Yes, yeah, so. Uh, but still, I try to work and I pay for everything because economics should work and uh, they will pay taxes. Maybe they will buy something on this money for our army, for our boys who defend our country. Elena, I would like to, to also to inform us uh, what is uh, uh, the situation in Kiev now when it comes to the infrastructure. You said you mentioned at the very beginning, the first week of war, that uh, some pharmacies were closed. But is it how it is now? Do you have enough food, electricity, water, all that basic necessities? What's the situation? Well, now? my district, my, my, my district is okay. Kiev is really big, yes. So my district is okay about electricity power. I, I heard some news that uh, on the right side uh, have no electricity because of uh, some destroyed. But what about food? Are the stores running normal or pharmacies? Of course, not like before. Some pharmacies work, uh, not all, but uh, really, I'm telling you, about first two weeks, pharmacies didn't work. And I was in shock. I was in shock. We asked our mayor and mayor, asked them that, guys, you have to open its pharma stores, you know, uh, just only government pharma stores work, but private didn't. Private didn't, but the, in my district, I have no this government pharma drugstore, mm -hmm. you know? Uh -huh. So, but but now, yeah. Now, yes, they work. Uh, grocery stores work. Uh, for a couple of weeks, we hadn't any meat. Uh, we we have problems with product, but it's not like we're hungry now. Uh, so we can buy something. So uh, they started to bring eggs, uh, milk, uh, bread, because yes, first few days, uh, like people took everything what they had and that was a problem first few days. Yeah, I'm talking yeah. about Kiev. Yes, but I have friends, uh, different uh, and relatives in different regions. I also have friends and siblings next to Mikolaev and Kherson. My relatives now they are in village next, just between, like it's not between, like road to Nikolaev and Kherson, and they stay in this um, uh, in this village, and they have no electricity, they have no water. They take rain water and they drink this water. So this is this is big problem. Yes, uh, for example, next uh, small city, uh, another small city next Kherson, uh, there are Russian soldiers over there. They could come to home, to houses, take something, and but it's almost okay, almost okay as we can say in this condition. Uh, and yes, they have some problem with products because it's very expensive. Yeah, I wanted to ask you if if you are noticing those uh, past month, are the prices changing of the products of the basic products are or they are or government or trying to keep them in the same? Because I remember in uh, during the war in ex Yugoslavia, many, many things in those war zones that just became, you know, insanely expensive. 
because of the of the situation and problem with supplying is that happening or or already happening or or your or could happen yes it's happened uh for example x costs uh, in two times uh more more expensive but uh, for the bread is almost the same sweets you know when, when everything is not so cool around you want to eat some sweets yeah and you need it's some really expensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so actually you know what's what interesting i got weight i gained weight extra weight after this work because first few days i couldn't eat at all i couldn't eat because of yes this and after oh, yeah. i came to the store and i saw there is no food what i usually eat and what do you do when you don't see food you have afraid uh, you have fear that you will be hungry so you take everything what you can make you feel uh, not hungry yeah, so and unfortunately good. i stuck <laughs> i stuck <laughs> and i i got weight but uh, the first time in my entire life it doesn't bother me so much as before I can't say that uh, I'm in peace all the time. Uh, like, no, of course I'm worried. Of course I'm scared. I live on floating floor. And sometimes I see some air defeat system. Uh, I see some rockets. I, I, I hear explosions sometimes. Uh, it's not, of course, it's not comparable with Kharkov or, oh my God, Mariupol. My heart is broken. It's broken for Mariupol. But still, of course, I'm scary. I feel the, like this adrenaline, yes. So it's like, oh my God, uh, but after I can handle myself and I'm going on. Do you have any family in, in Kiev? Uh, no, I live alone. Part of my family is still living in Donetsk. And uh, my sister and brother-in-law live in Dnieper. Dnieper is the central Ukraine. It's like four posts of Ukraine now. Uh, almost everything is okay over there. They they had some, uh, they had few rocket hits, but still for sure comparable with Kharkov. It's pretty quiet in Dnieper, you know? and uh, it's pretty quiet uh, comparable with Kiev. Kiev is a big city, yes, of course, it's a capital. So we have two parts of city, right and left. I live on left part of city, mm -hmm. and um, when people ask me in my broadcast, like, uh, are you safe? I say I'm safe, comparable with another part of city, uh, where is Irpeng, Bucha, I think you heard, yes? This, yeah. Uh, this uh, the, the names of those uh, cities it's like small beautiful new cities oh my god they destroyed totally I, i'm in shock but of course the biggest the biggest problem for all ukraine yeah for all even for the most safest place it's uh avia rockets avia uh, aviation and uh, missiles this is the biggest problem for us this what that's what we uh, are afraid the most because yeah. i sleep in my bathroom on the floor about a week ago that was uh, a uh, really dangerous missile on some shopping mall in Kiev. I heard this explosion, of course, and uh, they ask, government ask us all the time, do not post. If you see that something is destroyed after missile, don't post it. Uh, don't post it anywhere at least for 24 hours because uh, enemy uh, sees this post and they can correct uh, their shell, their shoot, you know, and uh, yeah. unfortunately after after that uh, missile that was the second one the same time when savers came to help people who were there because someone posted this video and enemy corrected their shoot and they uh, shot uh, there it just shows how the those free media or internet today in in some way can help a lot spreading the word the right information but in the other hand can be can cause the damage but now it's like, we call it, it's active phase, you know? I live in this 
circumstances in this condition for second time in my entire life. Well, I think I'm too young for this. I decided not to talk with Elena about the current situation in Donetsk because it's about the safety of her parents and relatives. Okay, I'm not going to talk about uh, the Donetsk uh, too much because I still have friends and part of my family there, so it's not safe for them. So it's so not safe. Don't mind, yeah. Yeah, and when, yeah. We are, when we are saying that it's not safe, can you tell us to explain saying that it's not safe? Does it mean that uh, basically life-threatened situation still? Yes, yes. Uh, in Donetsk, is, uh... <sighs> let's talk about it next time. I'm going to check what's going on and I have to know what I can say, what I can say because I still have people and I worry about them, so I want they to be safe over yeah, there. Yeah, of, of course, people. totally understand. It is important for you to know that there is still a fear of talking about the situation there, even though eight years have passed. And Elena, it just since that a month into the war, more than 3.7 million Ukrainians have fled to other countries. And uh, nearly 2,000 refugees from Ukraine have reached Norway until now. Do you think that you will have to leave your home? Well, like I told before, this time I have decided I want to stay here right now this time. So uh, it's like when you're a victim and you're running away from your aggressor, yes? You have to change the case. Some moment you have to stop, turn around and run after, uh, after him. So now I've decided to do it. Of course, I'm afraid. Yes, I, like I told you, I sleep in my bathroom on the floor uh, because I, I, I'm afraid of rockets. But I understand that now, I don't know why. It's just my feeling. I want to be here. You want to stay? With, of course, yeah. if I, of course, if I have been living in Mariupol, of course I'd left. Yeah, yeah. Those people that they couldn't have any other uh, choices. I, I searched and uh, a bit and uh, read that when it comes to the Norway and the region government, they are ready or preparing themselves to 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 be uh, capable to to host uh, around 100,000 people from Ukraine. As I told you, until now it's around 2,000 that reached Norway, but it seems those those information that that everyone expecting more and more refugees from Ukraine to come. We listen to politicians, political experts, the media about the situation in Ukraine. I wanted to hear Elena's opinion regarding the reasons for the Russian invasion of her country, the consequences, the political background and possible solutions, as well as what the Ukraine needs most at the moment. Can you, can you tell us what were the first decisions of the Ukraine government? So at the very beginning of the Russian invasion, the decisions of the government and the, the way that you got the news or how how does the government communicate with the public in, U in Ukraine? Uh, every day, uh, well, you can find an Instagram uh, account of our president, Vladimir Zelensky. Uh, he posts uh, some briefings, some interviews every day. There are a lot of speakers uh, from uh, the office of uh, our president. They also give, uh, give a lot of interviews and they have their own channels on YouTube. And by the way, they also talk with uh, foreigner journalists. So uh, they, they also have a lot of feedback for our foreigner partners, you know? So 
You are satisfied the way your government communicating with the public, with you, that you are informed well and that you that you can kind of uh, uh, have the, the, the information in advance that you can stay safe to know to know what to do in a particular situation. I'm satisfied, I'm satisfied, but of course, um, uh, I'm experienced person. I know that sometimes, of course, they try to make us believe in the best. So um, I don't know how to translate it in Russia, in English, but in Russian, we usually say, believe in the best, but be ready for the worst. Elena, what do you think about uh, uh, those media that it uh, that it runs and information that uh, runs and that are that are delivered to the Russian people? Do you think that they have a right information what's actually happening? You are you talking about Russia TV? Yeah, yeah, or Russian media. Do you think that Russian people are actually aware of the real situation in Ukraine? and uh, the invasion that Russia is, is doing on Ukraine. My best friend lives in Russia, in St. Petersburg right now. Uh, she's originally from Russia, uh, and she was one of the first who called me those day. So she understands that in Russia, it's only big, huge propaganda. Yes, she understands it. But for example, her family doesn't. So my friend and, and, and her family doesn't believe that it's for, for propaganda and people around her, a lot of people around her, but not all people, well, thanks God, but a lot of people around her thinks that we're really, that all people in Ukraine uh, do some shoots in Photoshop, that all these videos, it's uh, like uh, video editors, that it's not true, or they, or in the same time, they say that we shoot to ourselves, like only, they prefer to say that Ukrainian army uh, shells uh, our own territory. So what we found now, yes, I'm listening to a lot of these experts and uh, what we see that uh, um, po politics is not my topic, but I think I have to say it's just my opinion. Of course, but It's yeah. kind of religion. It's kind of religion what they have. Yes, they have a big enemy. It's West. Yes, it's uh, European Union, Ukraine, United States, NATO. They see it. Yes, that for example, they're big enemy and we have to defeat ourselves and we have to defeat because uh, and because it's really dangerous. So we have to attack on Ukraine first. So what's the what's the point? What's the point? We don't understand, but somehow they do. And uh, I have a TikTok account. I do broadcast on this entertaining streaming platform. So of course I communicate with people. So many Russian people tell me some crazy things. So like it's insane what they say. They're just telling you the things that they are hearing from their media, yeah? Yes, they, uh, unfortunately, they are watching uh, their media and they believe everything what uh, what they say over there. Elena, since you have the best friend from uh, St. Petersburg, is it possible that that will change? Or you think that those uh, strong uh, media indoctrination, that it's too strong and that it's no way to change that? Did Germany change their uh, opinion about Hitler? Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point, but uh, there are big difference between Russia and Germany. Uh, Germany always had the goal to live good, but Russian people mostly want to other people do not live better than they do. Unfortunately, not all, not all. I want to separate Russian government 
from Russian people who understands that Russia is an aggressor right now. And I want to separate this kind of people who believe and they can't see, uh, they don't see that they do big mistake right now. Yeah, that no one wants to. It's about your territory now or your sounverenity is 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 wounded right now but uh, uh, i want to believe because we all saw uh, that uh, some people protested in russia in many towns in russia they protested and they show kind of braveness and and because it's again life threatening or prison threatening uh, situation there for anyone who who wants to protest or to show uh, that it's against the war that russia started but uh, I'm, I'm, you know, wondering how, because I, I find some kind of similarity or parallel with the ex-Yugoslavia, you know, the war in ex-Yugoslavia that has happened. And when I lived in, in Serbia and we were under embargo or sanctions, but um, I, I, I knew from my own experience that that embargo actually hit us who were fighting against the, the regime in that time, Milosevic regime, who were the, you know, that we were kind of cutted by the support that we needed to actually deal with our own regime so i'm i'm just thinking louder now i'm thinking with you i i'm not sure uh, uh, again through experience i had in in uh, uh, ex-yugoslav war in 90s is it the right way uh, to to put sanctions that are actually will hit the the how to say normal people not the government not the politicians but the normal people among them when we know that among them there are a lot of people who are against uh, the Roman regime and politics that that uh, russia is running so i'm i'm wondering how how that things can change if we put all of them in the same in the same basket how to say because because we saw and we know that there are people who actually are fully against the, the, the Russian's uh, politics and the war that Russia started. First of all, my friend who supports us, she totally understands what's going on in Russia. So she didn't complain me even once about that they have closed McDonald's, they, she, she, that she can't buy Coca-Cola or they have no this female hygienic i don't know how to say it in english yeah yeah, yeah yeah so she didn't complain me even once so she understands what price they pay yes but excuse me for me my country is under the fire right now so they have constitution of russian federation yes there is a point that all power in this country belong to the people the people so they grown up this tyrant, this killer, and excuse me, terrorist, because he's terrorist for me, what he's doing now with Mariupol and uh, this awful, disgusting lie, what they provide, really. So they, yes, excuse me, but they are responsible for that. But people who support us, you know, not all people are coming outside on this protest for us. They, some people who say not war, they just call, they just go there for themselves, for example, for their military relatives, yes, the brothers, the husbands. I didn't want to see it, but really huge part of Russian people thinks that it's okay. So I will not be polite, I will not be tolerant, 
But unfortunately, yes, sanctions also should be on uh, some, like you said, normal people who think that killing and murder is okay and who thinks that uh, uh, all people of Ukraine do some fake pictures or videos on Photoshop. So, well, it, and they believe in this propaganda. So that, this is what the difference between German people, people of Germany and people of Russia, because people of Germany were pretty much smart. Of course, there was some percent who didn't believe, yes, like about this uh, old ladies, the story about this old ladies uh, in Russia, Germany, they showed them all this uh, Svens and Buchenwald and everything, yes. And they told them that uh, it's your Hollywood uh, mannequins, it's a Hollywood decoration. <laughs> they didn't believe. They saw it in real life and they didn't believe. So, no, I'm not sorry. Excuse me, I'm not sorry for this people. But Elena, tell me, in your opinion, what kind of help does your country need most now? What do you think is the most needed for Ukraine now? What kind of help? It's weapon. Because what Europe, excuse me, I don't want to offend no one, but what Europe uh, doesn't understand, that they will not stop here yes because russia have already threatened european country poland lithuania latvia estonia they have already threatened them so uh, yes i can say of course it's, it's gonna be a mistake if i would say that uh, uh, russia or europe doesn't support us. Of course, of course, uh, uh, Europe uh, helps uh, with uh, refugees, uh, uh, with weapons. But first of all, it's not enough. The second one, the speed of this help is really slow. And excuse me, if we're talking, for example, about Red Cross organization, mm -hmm. do you know what Red, Cro Red Cross decided to do? They came to Russia and they got decision with Russian government to create some uh, camp in Rostov-na-Dono, in Russia territory, for refugees of Ukraine. Really? Red Cross? Well, I think it's not normal. And what Red Cross shows now, that uh, they just legalize uh, Russian actions. So Red Cross, excuse me, no. Yes, NATO, excuse me, NATO doesn't support us, for sure. Uh, we have support from some countries what also have a membership in NATO. But yeah. NATO gave us just uh, some gasoline, that's all. And now, well, I don't know how, like our president said, I don't know how many people, how many children in Ukraine should die before they understand that they will, that Russia will not stop here in Ukraine. They will not stop here. But you think that only, uh, the only way to help and to stop the war in Ukraine right now is help in weapons to, to defend uh, do sanction work? No. Or it can work, I'm afraid, on a long run, not on a, on a short run. Let me be honest. I, again, I am from Donetsk. Eight years ago, there were sanctions against Crimea and uh, because of Crimea, uh, annexe and uh, Donbass. And almost all companies came back to the Russian market. So yes, it's long term, but they will come back. Coke, Coke will come back. McDonald's will come back. I'm telling you here. That's why we ask weapon and, and yes, that's why we need it. It's good that each neighbor countries or all countries in Europe that they can help and to be ready to, to help. Yeah, that's, that's it just, uh, that's also the reason why I couldn't, you know, kind of uh, pretending that, okay, everything is 
as as usual and i'm preparing the third season of the of the podcast as nothing happening around so i i really needed to to talk with you and to make connection because as as we agreed uh, <laughs> that uh, it won't be only once talking and hearing from you the news from the from the from the kiev and ukraine but i hope that uh, uh, you and me will i know that we will continue communicating and uh, i really want to yeah i really want to use the the channel that i have which is podcast in this case that uh, to to spread the word just to make people maybe a bit more aware of what's what's happening quite close to all of us it's it's in europe it's yes and we uh, if we lost he will come further yeah that's that's why i i really appreciate that you have time to talk a little bit with us because to be honest i think that still not so many people is aware actually how dangerous situation is not only right now it's in ukraine but on a higher level because it's not next to them yes yeah and that it could uh, escalate more and and worse than it is right now and right now it's already terrifying but uh, as i as i said i i think maybe uh, not so many people are still fully aware what's happening now you have opportunity to give some kind of conclusion of this conversation what would be your message for the end of this conversation first of all i want to say to europe that if you see some refugee who acts weird or aggressive, don't judge him because uh, he left everything. He lost everything. So if he complains about not too much taste food, it's not because he is so like, mm-hmm, no, because he can't control a- a- anything. And food is m- maybe the only one what he can control now but if it's not the same what he wants yes he can be he can be pissed off so don't judge them yeah we need to understand it's really the situation one day you have normal life and tomorrow you don't have anything unfortunately people people who uh, who have never been in this condition i see i see in tiktok in youtube they judge they just don't understand. Reason is not about that. It, it's not tasty food. Yeah, and that's it's it's really nice that you pointed out that. I'll try to also to talk the refugees from Ukraine that fled recently in Norway. Main topic of this podcast is about newcomers, either refugees or economically. It doesn't matter the motive why people came here, but just to to say at least how they feel, and to try to explain to other people how they feel and to have more understandings and feelings for someone else's situation right now. Okay, Elena, I really appreciate your time. I always, you know, like to hear direct from the spot what's happening. Of course, I'm following the news and everything, but this is for me the most worth it to hear from someone who's actually in a war situation right now. So I find your words and your thoughts quite important. I talked with Elena a week ago. Meanwhile, a terrible war crime took place in Bucha, town 37 kilometers northwest of the capital Kyiv. The mayor in Bucha said 300 residents had been killed by Russian forces. President Zelensky claims civilians were tortured, killed and left on the street. 
the whole world saw videos from Butcher. Elena, can you tell me your opinion and your feelings about the uh, happenings in Butcher? First, of course, we thought that something like like this would be happened. But when we saw evidences, when we saw news, when we found uh, some pictures, actually we're in shock now, our country in shock, because it's not somewhere, it's here, next to us. It's actually like, 30, 37 kilometers from Kiev. From Kiev, yes. I have this, you know, guys, I have this emotional wave, so some moment I can be frustrated, some moment I can feel energetic and I'm ready to fight, some moment I hate everything, everyone uh, from my enemies, and some moment I just feel nothing, yes. So, of course, we're in shock. We expected something like this, but we didn't expect that it's gonna be so huge in numbers, that it can be so unkind and cruel. And we even don't know in Russian or Ukrainian how to say it, what word we can use for this, you know? And uh, the most uh, biggest thing, what uh, scare us, it's that we don't know what's happened in Mariupol. We still haven't seen what's happened in Barodyanka. We haven't seen what's happened in Chernihiv. So we understand that it could be worse. But actually we thought that worse couldn't be. But now we see that that a lot of uh, surprises, uh, Russian surprises, are waiting for our reaction, you know, and for our feelings and for our lives. And what is terrifying, we, we are talking about civilians. We're talking about civilians. And people who didn't put defending or it was just killing of civilians. Yes, women and children. It's not only like murders of uh, people who saw some something what they did, yes? They raped women, they violated women, and they killed them after, that's all. Because I think that all the world need some weak country. They want to see Ukraine as a very, very weak country. No one needs to help us, but I'm telling you guys, you'll be the next. Just Poland and some Baltic countries understand that because they are close to us. So they really understand they will be the next because they ex-members of uh, Soviet Union. And this is uh, Putin's dream, yes, uh, to join everyone. And just we must react on the crime that's happening there. I, I heard that some countries have already reacted. So thank them for this. I hope we'll get some help or some sanctions. Yes, new sanctions for Russia. But uh, and also what is really pissing me off, that people of Russia support. That's what you asked me, yes, 80 days ago. You asked me, do you separate Russian government and Russian people? No, because I see TikTok, I see Instagram, I see other social media, and I see that people support. And these people, people of Russia, usual people, civilians, they say that we should be destroyed. We should be killed. And some bloggers in TikTok really laugh about raping women and uh, they can say, I know, I can send you these pictures, these uh, videos when they say, oh my God, you Ukrainian women, you're pigs, you have no any sexuality, no one uh, will want you. So no one would rape you. Yes, and these bloggers say this and TikTok, for example, doesn't ban them. But they ban all Ukrainian people when they try to tell the world what's going on here. So I just try to understand why this information should be closed. Thanks God that 
world reacted on Bucha news. Do we need to wait for that massacre and crime to happen to react? Or do you think yes. anything can be done to prevent those crimes to happen? It's not the end. It's not the end. We haven't seen what's happened in another cities. We are not in Mariupol right now. We have no idea what's going on there. And I'm pretty sure and everyone's pretty sure that there is worse because Mariupol is bigger city than Bucha. And it's only one. But we are not talking about small villages on the east of Ukraine. We don't talk about some villages next to Chernigov, to Kharkov. We don't talk about Izum, what's happened over there. And well, tell me please, if Russian bloggers can say this, they can uh, they can describe all these things like in their jokes, why we should have some doubts that Russian soldiers could do something like this. Oh, sorry, they are not soldiers. They are felonists and terrorists. Well, excuse me for my emotions, but this is what I feel today. Because eight days ago when we talked, I was optimistic. I have some good feelings now, yes, for the future. But now we're on the bottom in our emotional condition yeah and that's that, that's understandable what do you think in the in the nearest future information that you are receiving from from your government from from your family friends what do you think for how long this gonna last so the biggest fight is coming on the east of ukraine uh, near to donbass yes near to like they call it dener lnr so russian um, militaries left Kiev left Chernigiv. They were leaving Sumy yesterday, but they are going to Donbass. And the, the biggest fight, like experts say, it's not my opinion, like uh, the biggest fight is going to be there on the and east of Ukraine. Do they have any prediction and experts that when they expecting that will happen? They are talking about it for a few days, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. they has been talking about it for a few days, but it should be yesterday today tomorrow but also they have some doubts about russian army condition because uh, R- russian army uh, have uh, lost have big loss of people of technique of machines tanks everything our government suggests that russia has some problems problems with army now yeah let's go because that's that's the the tricky thing because this was also what happened in Bucha was kind of that they are that they were leaving the place that they occupied then those crimes happen on their way to leave the area but the ukrainian warriors are so much angry about everything was happened so they are ready to meet our enemies and the truth is that only your people are actually fighting against and that you are on your own Okay, Elena, thank you and thank you for staying in touch with us. You are our Kiev uh, source from the spot to hear what's mm-hmm. what's actually happening. So thank you very much yes. for being with us. Uh, thank you so much for invitation and if you need any information, you also can connect with me again. So thank you, Elena, and stay safe. Yes, thank you. We are with you. It was not easy to have this conversation and record this episode. Elena is a wonderful person and a brave woman who shared with us her feelings. 
fears, anger, insecurity, but also hope, determination and strength. I'm very grateful to her for wanting to share with you and me what is happening in her current life and what is happening in Ukraine. Although we all know that war is happening in Ukraine. You listen to the first episode of the third season of the Norwegian Newcomers podcast. My name is Vedran Atanovic. Thank you for listening and take care. We are back next Tuesday.